0: Hey, Jen Banks here. This is the podcast A is for Adversity, and I'm going to talk about being more intentional about our thoughts and our goals so we can make our lives happen instead of letting life happen to us. This is episode number 19, Religious. The sponsor for this episode is Sherry Fernandes. Not only is Sherry Fernandes a wonderful life coach, she is also a great example of who a Christian should be. She truly loves the Savior and lives in such a way that would please Him. I am grateful for her testimony and the experiences she shared with me in her many Relief Society lessons. As I mentioned in my question and answer episode, my goal is not to convert you or to force you to see things the way I do. However, religion is a huge part of my life and shapes the way I see things, the way I think about things, and the choices that I make. Regardless of the religion you belong to, if you are a Christian, I hope you will find value in something that I say. I've used the Gospel of Jesus Christ as the structure for this episode. In the Book of Mormon in 2 Nephi 31, the Gospel of Jesus Christ is outlined and it tells us of Christ being baptized and how he set that example for us. The five main principles and ordinances of the Gospel are faith, repentance, baptism, the gift of the Holy Ghost, and enduring to the end. I will share five quotes along with my thoughts for each of these principles and or ordinances. The main theme that I saw in the quotes about faith were about answered prayers. The first quote is by a Jewish refugee and he says, I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love when I'm alone. I believe in God even when he is silent. And while it may seem that he is silent, he may be preparing us for something that we cannot see at this time. Perhaps we are to learn a lesson first, even if that lesson is patience. It's amazing that God can see the whole puzzle put together where we only see puzzle pieces. Quote number two is by Neil A. Maxwell. I am a huge fan of his. I know you don't really talk in that terminology, but he gives amazing quotes and has written some amazing books. He says, the issue for us is trusting God enough to trust also his timing. If we can truly believe he has our welfare at heart, may we not let his plans unfold as he thinks best? This goes right along with what I was saying about being patient. We do not know what is to come. Number three is by C.S. Lewis, a very strong Christian. He said, I don't pray to change God, I pray to change me. When we pray, it is not to change the will of God, but rather to align our desires and thoughts with God's will. If we ask in faith, he will reveal to us what we need to know. Number four, trust God for great things. With your five loaves and two fishes, he will show you a way to feed thousands. And that's by Horace Bushnell. Right before my mission, I was feeling inadequate, as most missionaries do, I felt like I didn't know if I had a strong enough testimony to preach the gospel. Many times we bring our questions to God through prayer and he gives us answers through the scriptures. This was the case here as I read Helaman chapter 8 verse 24 and it says, And now, seeing ye know these things, and cannot deny them, except ye shall lie, therefore in this ye have sinned, for ye have rejected all these things notwithstanding so many evidences which ye have received, yea, even ye have received all things, both things in heaven and all things which are in the earth, as a witness that they are true. This scripture caused me to remember all the testimony-building experiences I'd had growing up. With renewed strength and a new understanding of how God can work through me, I left on my mission with confidence, confidence in God that he would bring those things to my remembrance when I needed them, or when I was testifying of him and his gospel. I will refer to this more when I talk about the Spirit. And the last quote for this section is, number five, It's one thing to know the gospel is true, and another to know the gospel. It's one thing to know that Jesus is the Christ, and another to know the Savior. We've heard before that faith is a principle of action. It leads us to do things. It brings us closer to Christ. That is the goal. It is not a mere belief, but rather a way of life. The next principle of the gospel is repentance. And again, faith leads us to want to change for the better. The first quote for this section is by Brigham Young, and he says, Prayer keeps a man from sin. Sin keeps a man from prayer. I've heard before that if we don't feel like praying, we need to pray until we do feel like praying. Satan would love nothing more than to keep us from prayer because that's how we become closer to the Savior. We will never be able to fall farther than God's love for us. He wants to hear from us regardless of how we're acting or what we're choosing or how we are. Prayer is always the answer. I don't know who said number two, and it could just be an incomplete thought, But it is that sometimes we nurture and coddle our weaknesses. We need to let them go and lay them at the feet of the Savior. Sometimes we're scared to repent because we know that that will mean we need to change. And when we change, we need to fill up the hole with something productive so that we don't fall back in. If we have a habit and we know the trigger, we can put something more righteous in that place to keep us from going back to how we used to be. Tad R. Callister said, The Lord doesn't expect immediate perfection, but He does expect immediate progress. Number three is also anonymous, and it says, If your behavior doesn't reflect your regal identity, make changes. We are all children of God, and we should act as such. Number four is by Joseph Fielding Smith, and he says, Happiness leaves no bad aftertaste, it is followed by no depressing reaction. It calls for no repentance, brings no regret, entails no remorse. True happiness is lived over and over again in memory, always with a renewal of the original good. I feel like this is a good guide to knowing if we have fully repented or not. We will feel that happiness again. That doesn't mean we forget because we want to learn from our mistakes, but it will feel as if a burden is lifted. And the last one is again by Neil A. Maxwell. You'll be able to tell he's my favorite. Our weekly wisdom is also by him. In this case, he says, If we choose the course of steady improvement, we will become more righteous and can move from what may be initially a mere acknowledgement of Christ onto admiration of Christ, then onto adoration of Christ, and finally to emulation of Christ that is our goal, to follow Jesus Christ and to be like him. That leads us to baptism and following Christ's example. We learn of Jesus' baptism in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13-17. through 17. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and, lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And, lo, a voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I had those scriptures in place of a quote. Number two says, the first step on the path to eternal life is baptism. And that's by Delbert L. Stapley. We're all trying to stay on the straight and narrow path back to our Heavenly Father. And that first step is baptism. In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, children are baptized at the age of eight, the age of accountability, when they can truly know good from evil. If children die before that age and are not baptized, Christ has covered that, for children need no baptism because they cannot sin. You can only sin when you consciously do something wrong and realize it. We are held to the knowledge we are given. Number three is from the song When I Am Baptized in the children's songbook. I want my life to be as clean as earth right after rain, I want to be the best I can and live with God again. Number four says Following Christ is not a casual or occasional practice, but a continuous commitment and way of life that applies at all times and in all places. This quote reminds me of our baptismal covenant and what we promise to do at baptism. Number five refers to the sacrament, and the sacrament is a way we can renew our baptismal covenant every Sunday. This quote is by David A. Bednar. The ordinance of the sacrament is a holy and repeated invitation to repent sincerely and to be renewed spiritually. As we prepare for the sacrament by repenting each week, we are ready and able to keep the Holy Ghost with us. The Holy Ghost is a gift that we receive shortly after we are baptized. The first quote for this section is another scripture, John fourteen twenty six 26-27. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The second quote is, The Spirit can't draw upon an empty well. I heard this many times on my mission. If we are not prepared, the Holy Ghost has nothing to draw upon when we are teaching. It draws upon our testimony, our experiences, what we've learned from our mistakes. And using those lessons, we can then help others. And again, it is not us that is helping others. It is God and Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost is the instrument that works through us for them. Number three is a quote by Parley P. Pratt, an early member of the church. He said, The gift of the Holy Ghost quickens all the intellectual faculties, increases, enlarge, expands, and purifies all the natural passions and affections, and adapts them, by the gift of wisdom, to their lawful use. It inspires, develops, cultivates, and matures all the fine-toned sympathies, joys, tastes, kindred feelings, and affections of our nature. I shared this quote in my homecoming talk after my mission, and I shared experiences using the five senses and how the Holy Ghost used those to help us spread the gospel. The only one I'll share in this episode for the sake of time is the sense of smell. One night, Sister Schmutz and I, my companion at the time, came home from a long day of teaching. We opened the door to our apartment, set down our bags, and sat down, exhausted from another day of teaching and serving. Right away, I noticed that the garbage had an awful smell. I told Sister Schmutz that we needed to take it out right then. She walked over and looked at it and noticed that it was only half full. She said it could wait until the next day. I strongly disagreed and tied it up right then, pulling her back outside with me to take it to the dumpster. Almost as an afterthought, Sister Schmutz grabbed a pass-along card and we walked outside. It was dark, but we could see someone near the garbage can. She noticed that we were sister missionaries and stopped to talk to us. She said that she had been baptized many years ago and had just recently wanted to become more active again. We realized right away why we had needed to take out our garbage. (laughs) And we began working with her and reviewing the gospel of Jesus Christ with her, and she became active again, all because our garbage smelled. In my first institute class at Utah State University, I had a really elderly teacher. (laughs) He had really great insights to share, and I loved the handouts he gave because they were often out of print, and he had to copy them for us oftentimes from transparencies that he had for years. (laughs) One of the handouts talked about the spirit It contrasted when you don't have the spirit and when you have the spirit, and I thought it was very insightful. When you don't have the spirit, you feel unhappy, depressed, confused, and frustrated. You feel possessive, self-centered, or resentful of demands made on you. You are easily offended. You become secretive and evasive you avoid people, especially members of your family, and you are critical of family members and church authorities. You envy or resent the success of others. You don't want to go to church, take on church responsibilities, or take the sacrament. You don't want to pray. You find the commandments bothersome, restricting, or senseless. You feel emotions and appetites so strongly that you fear you cannot control them. Hate, jealousy, anger, lust, hunger, fatigue. You hardly ever think of the Savior. He seems irrelevant to your life. You get discouraged easily and wonder if life is really worth it. When you have the Spirit, you feel happy, calm, and clear-minded. You feel generous. Nobody can offend you. You wouldn't mind everyone seeing what you are doing. You are eager to be with people and want to make them happy. You are glad when others succeed. You are glad to attend your meetings and participate in church activities. You feel like praying. You wish you could keep all of the Lord's commandments. You feel in control. You don't overeat or sleep too much. You don't feel uncontrollably drawn to sensational entertainment, lose your temper, or feel uncontrollable passions or desires. You think about the Savior often and lovingly. You want to know him better. You feel confident and are glad to be alive. I really love those comparisons. I feel like they really spell it out for us and help us strive to want the spirit with us. And the last quote for this section, number five, joy brings the spirit and the spirit brings joy. The fifth and final principle of the gospel is enduring to the end. Gordon B. Hinckley says, in all of living, have much fun and laughter. Life is to be enjoyed, not just endured. I really love that because even the word endured sounds like drudgery. But really, it's just being our best until the end and having fun along the way. Number two is by Gary Chapman. And he says, if you know the who, you can endure the what without having to know the why. And this goes back to faith. These principles of the gospel are all a cycle, not necessarily in this order all the time, but when we know God is there for us and who he is, we can keep going no matter what. Faith propels us forward. Number three is by Joseph B. Worthlin, and he said, When we love the Lord, obedience ceases to be a burden. Obedience becomes a delight. Number four goes along with this and it says, blessings don't always match our expectations. I kind of made that up, and I'm going to tell a story along with it. My mission president always said that obedience brings blessings, and exact obedience brings miracles. There were times when we would be tracting, which just means knocking on doors, going from house to house, seeing if anyone wants to hear a message about Jesus Christ, and we didn't see success. However, we would get a lot of member referrals that week or talk to somebody along the way. That's what I mean when I say blessings don't always match our expectations. You would think that because we were being obedient in knocking on doors, trying to find people, that somebody would let us in and we could share a message. But it didn't work out that way. We received blessings in a different way. This is the same with tithing. The blessings that we get from paying tithing aren't always monetary. Sometimes they're good health which I guess does translate to monetary blessings because you don't have to pay as much in doctor bills. God's ways are not always our ways. And the last quote for this section is, enduring to the end is definitely not a do-it-yourself project. And that's by L. Tom Perry. We've been given very many family and friends around us, as well as church leaders, neighbors, the Holy Ghost. We are not in this alone. I hope you enjoyed my religious soapbox your weekly wisdom is this again by neil a maxwell if in the end you have not chosen jesus christ it will not matter what you have chosen have a great week and i hope you take some time to reflect and pray and continue living your best life